Welcome to the Salt Lake Christian Center podcast. We're a network of language churches worshiping together as one. It is our prayer that this message will be a blessing and encouragement to your life. Now, join us for one of our weekly sermons. Hebrews chapter 12, and beginning with verse number 25. Um, One of the saddest things to see in life is someone with great loss who after that loss is left with the tragedy. In 1975 when an earthquake struck Guatemala and Guatemala was devastated and I was privileged to go with a group of men and women actually that went to El Progreso and Sanarate, Guatemala which is up in the mountains above Guatemala City and rebuild two churches and the devastating part of that was driving up out of Guatemala City, which was damaged, but not near as damaged as some of the villages up, up in the mountains. And to go into those villages and see nothing but piles of rubble. And watch these people who had nothing in the first place as they go into those piles of rubble and start pulling things out and trying to find something valuable that remained through that earthquake. And in El Progreso and Santa Rate, then we built two churches that had been totally, completely destroyed. And the amazing thing was, is that the Guatemalans were there to help us build their church even though their homes were still in shatters. But they were there every day helping us clear away the because they wanted they wanted and they needed their church. That village needed their church. There was uh, the 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 running water was cut off. The we had to walk for about two and a half miles into the into the jungle of Guatemala to a to a um, waterfall to take a bath and everything was shattered but the amazing thing to me is that those pastors and people of those churches were there at daylight and stayed till sundown because they wanted their church to be rebuilt even before their houses now that's third world I doubt that would happen in, in the Western world. So here they are watch, watching them sift through piles of rubble to see if they can't find some treasure, some picture that remains. I was reminded of that several, several weeks ago when a house just up the street from us uh, in the middle of the night caught on fire. And we heard the sirens and the lights and 
Kathy and I walked out and up the block, about two houses up the block on the other side of the street and stood there next to, I did not know them, I hadn't met them before, but stood there just a little ways away from the family on the other side of the street as they're huddled around each other and watching their house burn. And the house was a total loss. And it had finally collapsed into the basement. But the most tragic thing was watching two or three days later, actually it was probably three or four days later, when the city opened up and took down the yellow tape and allowed them to go in and sift through all of those piles of rubble to see if they could find anything that was valuable to save. And for several months, they're just about to finish the new house that's being, that's being built there, but for several months, you could see the backyard and there were things that they had pulled out of the house and put there in the backyard for what remained after the disaster. Our nation has been in an earthquake. It has been in a fire. It has been through a tornado. It has been through a hurricane, a political hurricane, a, an immoral tornado, a fire of anger and rage. And we've talked about that for a couple of weeks. That anger and that rage that has put our political system and our way of life in a pile of rubble. You remember a couple of weeks ago I told you about Carl Sagan and his book Cosmos and how the word cosmos comes from the Greek word well-ordered and how we talked about that this world was, was suggested as an orderly and harmonious. And we walk through some of the things of this society that shows us that this world that we live in today is not orderly and it is not harmonious. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse number 25, follow with me as I read. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking to you. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. God was warning us and God has been warning us for several generations. You better get this right. You better make this right. He's been warning not only our political systems, but he's been warning the kingdom uh, churches, saying you better get this right. And that warning is from heaven. They did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. At that time his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, and they're talking about the, the words of God uh, that, that, had, that had come to the prophets in the Old Testament. 
And at that time, his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised. Yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. So in other words, God is going to send his angels in to pick up the remains, to pick up the pieces, to pick up the rubble and haul it off to the garbage. Yet once more indicates a removal of things that are shaken. That is things that have been made. So the man-made systems, the man-made institutions, the man-made organizations will be shaken. Why are they going to be shaken? In order that the things that can not be shaken may remain. In order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Cardinal Francis George, the Archbishop of the Archdiocese of Chicago, in transferring his power to a new, uh, a new Archbishop just about three years ago, made this statement. I expect to die in bed. My successor will die in prison. And his successor will die a martyr in the public square. His successor will pick up the shards of a ruined society and slowly help rebuild civilization as the church has done so often in human history. So we're being called to realize that whatever is man-made is temporal. In fact, Peter tells us to look at it this way. In the second chapter, in the second book of Peter, being that all of these things will be destroyed, how should we then live? Because what we're seeing, in my opinion, is the beginning, only the beginning. Psalms 11, beginning with verse number one, says, In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. I have news for you. It's not over. It's not over. They are bending their arrows to shoot at the righteous, to shoot at the kingdom of God. They're not after the Western system. They're after God. They're after the morals of the Bible. Now listen to this in verse number three. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And those foundations written there are the governmental, political, organizational foundations. So the psalmist is saying, what are we going to do as a church, as a kingdom of God? If the foundations are destroyed. Hello, what are we going to do? I have news for you. Religious liberty is on the wane. 
There is a battle trying to be fought. But we also know. But listen to this. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? But listen to what he finishes with. The Lord is in his holy temple. Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. You need to understand that in the word of God, every time that it talks about all of those things of judgment and so forth, except when it comes to the end times and in the tribulation and, pre, and into the premillennial, it, it does talk about that the wrath is going to come, but the Lord, hanging on to the Lord, his foundation is sure. Our world has been shaken like we have never seen it shaken before. Our own identities as individuals has been shaken. Now we don't know what gender we are until we choose what gender we are. Now marriage doesn't mean just between a man and a woman, but marriage means between anything and anybody, including an inanimate object or a beast. And so our identity, the foundations of our identity is being shattered and shaken and in a pile of rubble. Our institutions, if anything this election has shown what we've known all along but now it is blatant and that is governmental corruption to the very core. And it is not only Democrats, it's also Republicans. Because it's a human institution. And the human institutions, we have seen blatantly the corruption. We've also seen the corruption of the institutional church. The amoral institutional church. Who has decided to join the corruption. We have seen institutions that have no accountability. There is no accountability. You can steal from the third world billions of dollars and not be held accountable if your last name is right. There is no accountability in the halls of Congress or in the White House. We have seen the biblical worldview, morals, immorality, Amoral. We have gone from being immoral to being amoral. An immoral society is a society that knows there are rules and chooses to not live by them. We passed a long time ago into an amoral society. And that is a society that doesn't even know there are rules. That doesn't even know male and female are designed by God. And you don't get to choose. An amoral society has brought this society. And here is the very difficult thing is that now, and it was before the 60s, but the 60s and those people who grew up in the 60s that brought the sexual revolution, we are going to reap the harvest in this nation and around the world of that sexual revolution. And we are now. In our language, our language is a pile of rubble because words have no specific meaning. 
even morality. You can't talk to somebody about morality because it depends on your morality, my morality. Truth has no specific meaning because it's your truth. It's my truth. It's their truth. And so the relativistic uh, society from a hundred years ago has finally come to fruition. And we're seeing it today on our television screens. And we're seeing it today in our social media. And there is a pile of rubble that we will pay the price. We are seeing a pile of economic rubble. The free enterprise system is on its way out. Capitalism that has its problems. And yet the free enterprise system and capitalism has fed the world for a hundred years. And that is on its way out. The mounting debt. Imagine with me when the Congress and the President pass several trillion dollars. Where did that money come from? You ever wondered? Who does the United States government owe money to? Multi-trillionaires in the world that are lending us money and they could call it at any time. We have not yet hit the economic disaster of COVID-19. And that is jobs. How long can some of these businesses survive? How long can this survive? And so we're trying to search through a pile of economic rubble to find what we can find. And some of you are experiencing that. You've lost your job or your hours have been cut. And now you're looking for another job or an extra job. We are facing a pile of rubble insecurity. There is no security anymore. Our technology has made it so there is no such thing as privacy. No matter where you're at, you're being recorded. No matter who you are, you're being filmed. Somewhere, somehow. It used to be that they, the, the rich people could have security behind the gates of a gated community. That doesn't even work anymore. We're looking through a pile. Are you still with me? Yeah. I'm going to get to the good stuff. Hang with me, all right? Our information systems, the way we get information, the way we get information is a pile of rubble that you cannot trust. You cannot trust the mainstream media and you can't trust the internet. You can't trust anywhere. Because the information systems are corrupt. Our justice systems. Our justice systems. People are saying that the courts are corrupt. We know that. Bribery is at an all-time high. Our humanity, our actual humanity, is a pile of rubble because we're killing the preborn and also killing the aged. 
Why? Because we have been taught and our children have been taught and our grandchildren have been taught for over a hundred years that we are not some special creation by God. We are not some special place by God. We are just a certain degree of animal. And our humanity is under attack. Our healthcare systems We've heard that they're about to be overwhelmed. Both of my daughters are in health care and I hear, I hear from them and the, the health care systems that we have that have been formulated pretty soon will be possibly, they're wanting to go that way to make it socialist. We're about there now. I had to wait three months to get an operation. The church... The church is divided. The church is irrelevant. The church has not made its impact in the world like it needed to. And the saddest part for the next generation, the saddest part for the next generation is there is rubble called hope. Now the generation coming up behind us is in fear and fear rules them. Fear and apathy. We're afraid it's going to happen. Suicide rates are increasing because of the fear in the next generation. That doesn't sound too orderly and harmonious to me, does it to you? Carl Sagan in a debate with the theologian R.C. Sproul talking about the origins of life and Carl Sagan made the statement the universe is all there is and all there ever will be and R.C. Sproul said to him well where did the universe come from? Where did the universe come from? And Carl Sagan responded to him, we're not going there. <laughs> Hello? This is supposed to be the smartest guy. He's gone now. He's, he's uh, at his reward, whatever that reward is. But they don't want to go there. Let's look at Hebrews, the finish that chapter, Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse number 28. As we look back on those piles of rubble, therefore, okay, so, so we, we hear him say, in order that things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that can not be shaken. And thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. I want to tell you that in all of those piles of remains, and all of those piles of garbage, there are some treasures that remain. And they may be covered over with garbage, but they're still treasures. There are some things that cannot be shaken. 
Here is some of one of the things that are, that can remain. Your identity that the world has messed up. Listen to Galatians chapter 3, verse number 26. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. That's your identity. Your identity should not be Democrat, Republican, American. Your identity is in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross for you. That's your identity. You're worried about our information systems? Listen to Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse number 3. Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. You can trust his word. You can trust him. Call on him. Your humanity, while the world says your humanity is worthless, you're nothing, just short of an animal. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. That's who you are. That is your humanity. That is your identity. What about the economy? Whether we turn to a communist economy, a socialistic economy, a democratic socialistic economy, a constitutional socialistic, whatever we turn to, we can always be assured of this. Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse number 25. Now listen to this. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink nor about your body what you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not more value than they are and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life and why are you anxious about the clothing Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Whew. Therefore, don't be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. You're worried about security. Not the best security in the world can keep you secure. But listen to the security that is in the kingdom of God in Psalms chapter 91, verse number one. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And he will say to the Lord, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God. I trust in you. Our justice systems, of course, they're corrupt. It's still the best thing in the world, but they're corrupt. Listen to what Jesus says in Luke chapter 18, verse number 7. 
And, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? You have to realize that the justice doesn't happen here. The justice, the final justice happens there. But there's also in his justice mercy. 1 John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, don't give me justice. Give me mercy. Give me grace. Our health care is in a mess. Yes, of course it is. But listen to this. It's still the best thing in the world. But listen to this. James chapter 5. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is any cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. That's the greatest health care in the world. The greatest health care is you can still pray. The church divided and irrelevant. The church has become irrelevant. But listen to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 16, Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Saloa, come on back up, would you please? You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, not Peter, on that statement that you are the Son of God, and on that statement and on this rock, I will. Did you hear that? Not I might, I'll try. He said, I will build my church and the White House and the Congress will not prevail against it even if they pass every law to shut us down and make us wear masks and not sing then sing from your jail cell that's what Paul and Silas did and the gates of Hollywood will not prevail against it amen and the gates of the mainstream media will not prevail against it hell and all of those things you can put in one one basket right there a basket of deplorables and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it now listen for the next generation we've said there's the hope and the fear Hear this verse, Hebrews 13, chapter 8, or Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Paul said to the Corinthians, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, fully, even as I've been fully known. 
now listen this is an amazing statement so now faith hope and love abide these three faith hope and love go back up to the top of chapter 12 and let's see what he wants us to do therefore since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses now he's coming out of chapter 11 where he talks about all of those men and women of faith all of the things that were accomplished but he also talked about the unnamed of faith that nobody knows anything about and their faith he talks about those who just even in the in the future and he makes a statement he says the world was not worthy of them therefore since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight every weight you know what you need to get need to let God do during this time a pandemic see what's important see what you really don't need see what you could do without that's physically mentally emotionally but what about the weight that is weighing you down whatever that is and it's different for all of us what about the weight that is weighing you down and keeping you back from the fullness of God from the stepping into the presence of God and experiencing him what is that weight and it may not be a sin because the next thing he says is sin several years ago I preached a sermon that said what do you have to cut off to survive the weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us I have news for you yes there is piles of garbage there is something that still will remain looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and now listen he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself all of that is what you need to do so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted close your eyes with me will you please you at home I want you to bow your head and close your eyes because I know I know there's some weary and faint-hearted there's some people right now listening to me that are faint-hearted with fear because they may lose their job retirees that may lose everything they have the faint-hearted there's also listening to me the weary the weary you're weary of battling it you're weary of those that you're working with you're weary of the onslaught of hell you're weary with that so right now here's how to get rid of that 
consider him looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith consider him who endured Lord I pray right now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Lord those that are listening to me or watching that are faint-hearted full of fear God I pray that your word today here or the words that they read your word will drive away the fear Lord in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit will invade that home invade that living room invade that motel room invade that family room let your power come through that television or down from on high Lord and drive away the fear Lord you want them to be strong drive away the faint heart God I pray right now for the weary Lord, there are mothers who are weary, very weary. Not only do they get to be a mother, but now they get to be a teacher. Lord, they're weary. They're fathers and mothers and marriages that are weary, Lord. You know that. You see them. You see the tears. You see the soaked pillow at night, Lord, because they're weary. Lord, we're standing on your word that says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lord, right now, let your rest invade this building this morning, this auditorium this morning. Let your race rest invade. Lord, let your Holy Spirit bring a sigh of relief that you're there. Your presence is there. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, I encourage you watching from home, get out your Bible, go back through those scriptures. Be of good courage. He's still on the throne. Thank you for watching.